We open our Bibles this morning to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. I've had this verse on my mind for a little while as something to preach, and uh, really the last part of it, though we will look at the context together. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Hear now the word of the Lord. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let me read that again. And uh, the last part is the focus of our sermon today. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that last part again is our focus. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, This is among some recent scriptures quoted in some pastoral counsel that uh, have caused me to meditate on them for a while. And uh, this with the verse in the evening, also something I've thought about and uh, and quoted for counsel and encouragement. And so we'll, we'll go to that for the evening service as well in the Gospel of John. Here in the letter from John, the first letter, uh, we're going to something that I think is a very familiar verse. Nice to give our attention to. It's nice to have uh, sometimes uh, just go to those verses that are well known. Um, But as we do, we'll see that there's more there than we might know. Or at least for me, I was thinking I'd have a nice simple sermon on this little verse. But actually it's tacked to quite an interesting fuller verse in an interesting context. And of course, uh, while it's a topical sermon, I I do the exegesis and I want to make sure to give you some of that context. But I think it actually helps us. Uh, at least for me, have a better sense of what's being said at the end of that verse. We quote it a lot. I think of certain songs on the radio I hear that quote this verse. I like it a lot. Uh, But in its context, hopefully that will bless us even more. Greater is he that is in thee uh, than he that is in the world. The interesting connection is, who is the he? And more importantly, or, or maybe more striking to me, is who is the them? In contrast... Christians are called to overcome the devil and his deceitful, anti-Christian, worldly, false prophets because we are in union with Christ who already easily overcame them because he is so much greater than them. I give that to you as the main idea of what we're looking at today. Christians are called to overcome the devil and his deceitful, anti-Christian, worldly false prophets because we are in union with Christ who already easily overcame them because he is far greater than they. Beloved, how can you get through this world? How can you discern what's going on in it? And how can you discern what they say is going on in you and with you? So many voices trying to get inside your head about Jesus and about who you are. The work of the mighty spirit of Christ within you, that's how, who is in you and with you. John Calvin says of these verses, the apostles' object was to animate the faithful, that they might courageously and boldly resist imposters. So resist. For Christ's spirit within you is greater than the world around you. And that's the message for you this morning. Christ's spirit within you is greater than the world 
around you. The world around you is the lair of Satan and lying anti-Christian false prophets. That's what you have to go out there to Monday morning. The world around you is the lair of Satan and lying anti-Christian false prophets. Remember our study we've begun on Wednesday nights, Thomas Watson on the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We've been studying Satan. Where does sin come from? From the lusts within us and from Satan without us. And quite a bit of attention is being given to Satan and how very dangerous he is. Very, very dangerous. And how very, very experienced he is. To keep that shield of faith up constantly because he's shooting fiery darts at you all the time. And they're in the air all the time coming at you, but they hit you suddenly. He is walking around this world. He is wishing that he could have it. And because he can't, he's wishing to just destroy everything in it, and especially you. Greater is he in you than he that is in the world. He in the world. That's speaking of Satan, the prince of principalities, Ephesians 6, 11 to 12, the devil. But also those who serve and work for him, them. He says in verse 4, little children, you have overcome them. Who is the them? Those that have the spirit of the devil. Look at verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. You see, they have the spirit of false prophets, and you have to be able to test. You have to be able to know how to discern. Because, of course, if they just made it so abundantly obvious... It'd be easy to say, I get out of here. They're just like the devil. They know how to deceive. They know how to trick and take a whole bunch of people with them. They know how to confuse and bring conflict. The spirit of false prophets that are in this world, verse 2, Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And verse Verse 3, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Wherefore ye have heard that it should not come, and even now already it is in the world. The spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. John says this a long time ago. And uh, we'll look at a moment. This goes back to chapter 2, verses 18 through 22, predominantly 18 and 19 in verse 22. That speaks about there's many Antichrists in the world. We'll go back and look at that in a moment. But it's the world as well. It's the, it's the, the anti-Christian spirit of the false prophets. It's the Antichrist and those many Antichrists in the world, walking around owning the world that we're in but not of. Verses 4 and 5. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. See, that's the other thing. The world heareth them. The world doesn't hear God. Blocks it out, right? Romans, it knows the testimony of creation, but it blocks it out. It won't admit it. It denies it. But the world hears the world. The world that has the spirit of the world hears the prophets of the world, although many of them are disguised as the prophets of the church. But they're actually of the world. 
Now, these phrases come up all through the letter, these kinds of ideas, the world, the Antichrist, the false prophets, deceit, darkness. It comes all through the letter. Clearly, those who are against Christ and thus against us. And the way they work is to deny pure doctrine, such as Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, and of course, effectively, like practical atheism, effectively deny it by not obeying Jesus Christ who's come in the flesh. Um, or because they deny godly living. Uh, These two concepts are dealt with in here. Um, That is, they walk in darkness instead of walking in light. That image is given a lot. You know, the devil, the deceivers, the anti-Christian false prophets with the spirit of demons behind what they're doing, they're in darkness. They're deceiving. You know, often when you're in dark areas, you can be mistaken and confused about what's actually there or what it's actually like. And that's the idea. Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. In the Sermon on the Mount, false teachers, the way you'll know them, what are their fruits? They're sheep. Those who believe false things and live wicked lives. And and try to say that it's Christian. Try to say that's what the Bible's telling us. We're undermining it in, in uh, uh, sly ways. John Knox, now not the John Knox, another more modern John Knox, quoting the Didache, uh, uh, which he points out is a book, uh, is a, is, it's an early book of discipleship. The Didache is, a, and I, I don't know that I'm remembering how to say it right, but it was a very, very early uh, kind of a discipleship book for early Christians. You know, many of them had to be catechized for a while before they were allowed to be baptized. Make sure they know what they're doing, let alone the Lord's Supper, right? And the Didache was uh, discipling, teaching main things. And this modern John Knox points out that the Didache was about the same date as 1 John, our letter that we're reading. Now, we're not saying it's scripture, but it's around the first date. And here's something that the Didache says for new Christians. From his behavior, then, the false prophets and the true prophet shall be known. How you know if it's a false prophet or a true prophet? By their behavior, the way they act, the way they carry themselves. And if you give them a little bit of time, when they don't get what they want with deceitful uh, uh, flattery, comes out pretty fast. All of a sudden, boom, just pours out all the nastiness. They are liars and they work in deceit including to question your Savior and to question if you're saved. John wants you to be able to deal with that, to discern and battle it. Let's let's look through his letter a bit. Turn with me back to chapter 1, verse 6. First John 1, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. Now, of course, we lie to ourselves. That's where it starts first. But we lie to others. If we say we have fellowship with God, but we don't want to do what he says. And we want to pervert what he says so we don't have to do it and pretend that's what he says. We're lying. We're walking in darkness. You have to recognize this, John says. Look at uh, chapter 2, verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. 
Well, if you say you know God and you love God, but the keeping of his commandments is to love him, and we don't like his commandments, so we explain them away and come up with new ones, that's lying. That's deceit. That's a false spirit. It's a false prophet. Look at verse 9, chapter 2. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. Hatred of brethren becomes pretty apparent. Give a little bit of time. And hatred and vitriol and bitterness and vice shows it can't really be a brother. It must be walking in darkness, deceiving, pretending they're Christians. Now look at verse 11. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness has blinded his eyes. Uh, Look at verses 18 and 19. Little children, it is the last time. By the way, recognize that phrase for eschatology. Uh, We can come back to that another time. It is the last time. And ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. That is between the first and second coming of Christ. There are many Antichrists trying to deny him. And cause you to deny or doubt whether you're in Christ. And whether you know him truly and savingly. Remember that Antichrist uh, idea was in verse 3 of uh, chapter 4. These spirits. But that you have overcome them. Remember when we look at these things. It's important to know what it is and discern it. But to remember what's being said in our verse today. Is we've already overcome them. We've overcome them. Okay. Um, Look with me at... uh, Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. By the way, in other scriptures, Paul has to excuse some to get out, but it's still the case. Uh, Look with me at verse 22. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. We're only touching on these things today, so I'm not getting into the doctrines and things, but of course there's much behind he is the Christ, he's the anointed, he's the king, right? Um, As well as prophet and priest. Look at verse 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. See, that's the concern, that you wouldn't be seduced by such spirits behind uh, what's really behind these false prophets, wolves in sheep's clothing, trying to get you confused and distract you. Ultimately, if they can, draw you from the church and its confession. Look at chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Little children... Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Again, you'll know them by their fruit. Just watch them for a while. You know who they really are. Whatever they say, whatever they get everybody else to say about them, and whatever they get everybody else to say about you, just look at their fruit. Verse 8. He that overcometh sin is of the devil. Excuse me, he that committeth sin, excuse me, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
Now, don't be alarmed. John has a lot that he's saying on both sides of things. He says, if we say we do not sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us, right? So it isn't that Christians never sin, but there's this idea of we don't want to continue in it and deny that it is what it is, that we're never repenting over it or seeking to have more and more victory over it. And the devil would have us not overcome. Christ is telling us we have overcome them. But they're looking to seduce. They're looking to deceive and... um, It's the works of the devil. Look at verse 10 with me of chapter 3. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So there's a concern about doctrine, and there's a concern about behavior or practice. And you just need to recognize and know these things, and be able to discern about others who are trying to confuse you about yourself in Christ. Now, chapter 4, back to the chapter we've been working with. Verse 4 is our verse. I want to read verses 5 and 6 right after them. But let me go ahead and read verse, first, verse 4, our verse for this sermon today to lead into it. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There's an aspect of, look, if you don't want to believe and recognize what's being clearly taught from the scriptures as confirmed especially by our Standards, in our case, the Westminster Standards, time-tested truths of the church. If, you, if all of a sudden you have some new ideas and you want to deny these things, you're manifesting you're not of us. Those who have the spirit of this world are, are, are of error, making errors with the scriptures. Thus, verse 13 of chapter 3. Marvel not, my brethren... If the world hates you. Jesus said, you're not going to be better than your master, above your master. If the world hates me, it's going to hate you. Don't marvel that the world hates you. And don't marvel that those who are deceived by the world and try to force their eisegesis into the scriptures hate you also. You shouldn't be surprised. Much of what God calls you to do is recognize the devil is out there. And he's against you in the world with his false prophets and antichrists in the spirit of this age. But they're often trying to pretend they're of us so they can infect us. And to resist their efforts, he calls you to resist their efforts to deceive you, often using and twisting God's word, just like who? The devil. It started in Genesis, and what caused them to fall? Twisting God's words. God really say, I don't think he exactly said that. He clearly said that. The devil quotes the Bible when he's tempting Jesus in the wilderness. He just teaches it wrong. John Stott of our text writes this in his commentary. Neither Christian believing nor Christian loving is to be indiscriminate. 
True faith, he continues, true faith examines its object before reposing confidence in it. Behind every prophet is a spirit. And behind each spirit, either God or the devil. And the way you know for your own safety, the way you know for your own assurance, is Christ's Holy Spirit within you, testifying to you by his word and your company with his people. God is within you, and he is far greater and has already given you truth's victory. The world around you is the lair of Satan and lying anti-Christian false prophets. But God is within you, and he is far greater and already has given you truth's victory. My football team, I say my football team, and I I allude to it on the Lord's Day especially, but, you know, in a number of their recent games, they're just so good that most recently by the third quarter, the beginning of the third quarter, the starting quarterback sits down for the rest of the game because they have destroyed the other team so badly it's impossible to win. In fact, as there's debates with the talking heads about who's the better quarterback in the league, uh, some point out a certain person's numbers, and the other guy said, yeah, but the other guy, you got to remember, his numbers could have been higher. They took him out halfway through the game twice because of how much he was winning. Imagine if they left him in. So the quarterback sits, but the game is not over, though it is already won. The team must finish the game, and they're all on the same winning team. You are on the winning team, but you're called to persevere. Having the victory. You all are of God. You are of God, he says. You are God's children. God's children don't lose. God never loses. He is in you all. Who is he? Christ's Holy Spirit. When Christ ascends back on high and applies his blood in the Holy of Holies, he says, I will send you the Comforter. I will send you the Counselor. The Spirit of Christ is within you. It's a mystery like so many of these things, but it's very true. Speaking of your union in Christ, your union with Christ, as the Holy Spirit has applied the redemption Christ accomplished for you. Remember, that's what we studied last week. How do uh, believers uh, receive this redemption purchased by Christ? By the effectual application of it in you by his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that regenerated you remains in you and testifies to you about Christ and that you are Christ's. Romans 8, verse 16. The Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's encouraging, isn't it? But that makes sense. He's a, he's a third person in the Trinity. He's in and with us. We're told not to grieve him, not to quench him. But he bears witness to our spirit. He testifies to us that we are his, that we are Christ, that he's in us. How does he do that? By showing you, you believe. By showing you, you want to live the right way. You still have to pray to Jesus 
help thou my unbelief, increase my faith. And you still have to pray to the Lord to help you get up out of the waters and sit you back on the boat, right? But he shows you, you really care and you want it and you want Christ and you don't want false Christs. John wishes to affirm and assure Christians in this letter that ye may know. That's something that is throughout his letter. That ye may know. He wants to give you certainty and assurance. That ye may know you are by God's testimony in you. That causes you to believe the truth instead of worldly teaching against Christ and his clear ways in the Bible. He wants you to know that you know and love and believe the truth and want to live it. The Spirit makes you respond to it. And it makes you repulsed. It makes you just not want the deceivers and ability to recognize and not be seduced and deceived by them as you school yourself in the truth of the word. Together as his people. Look at verses uh, 1 and 2 again. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. You have fellowship with God uh, in chapter 1. It talks a lot about we have seen, we have seen, we testify to you, and you have fellowship with God. Look with me back at chapter 1 again, verse 5. 1 John 1, verse 5. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Well, what did he tell us in our verse? God is in you. Greater is he that's in you. You're of God, so you have his light. Look at chapter 2, verse 5. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. If you want to know and obey what his word actually says, that's how you know. That the Spirit's in you, and therefore he that is in you is greater than he of the world, all these deceivers and liars. Also, your love of God is perfected, and of course your love for others. This love that you see. Uh, look to chapter 4. Verse 12. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. How do we see and know that God's with us? Our love for one another, his people, his body. And you know, you just know it when you see it, and you know it when it isn't really there, right? Some of us are better at expressing it, and it's not talking about a sentimentality alone, although there should be an affection and expression of warmth and love and light. But it's also what we do for one another. Those who don't really love one another take and take and take, but they do not give. Just watch. Verses 13 to 16 of chapter 4. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth 
in God and God in him. The Spirit's in us. The Spirit's showing us that he's in us by giving us a love for God, a love for his word, and a love for God's people that is seen and tangible. Not perfect, but seen and tangible. Expressed and able to be recognized in what we say and what we do, including when we repent and when we forgive. Look with me to chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now remember, he says you've overcome the world already because of our faith. And we continue to overcome the world. We're called in the book of Revelation to overcome. Look at verse uh, 6. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Who is the he that is in us? The Spirit. The Spirit of Christ. A much more powerful, greater Spirit than the spirits of the Antichrist and of this age. Though they are intimidating and can often be quite deceiving. Verse 9. And we receive the witness of men, if we receive the witness of men. The witness of God is greater, greater is he that's in you. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. Look with me at verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, And that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. In verses 19 to 20. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding. That we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true. Even in in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. He's in us. He gives us understanding. Thus, beloved, let us apply what he says in chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 13 to 14. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. He's writing to remind you of what he says in our verse today. You have already overcome them. A lot of times we don't feel that way, do we? We feel oppressed. We feel beaten down. We start to doubt ourselves. We start to doubt the faith. Doubt what the word clearly says? Tempted to give in to the pressure to let it be what the world wants to say it means? He's writing to say you've already overcome the world. So hold fast and overcome. Chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. 
For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. So if we have a good conscience and our heart doesn't condemn us, we know we're with God. But even if it does sometimes, God is greater than our hearts. He's greater than us. Now see, that's the other enemy we have, isn't it? The old man within us who lies to us about ourselves. God is greater. God is greater. Listen to his voice. Listen to him in Romans 8, verses 31 and 37. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, before us, who can be against us? And of course he goes on to say, no one, nothing. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's what he's teaching us. You've already overcome. And God, especially by the Spirit, gives you discernment. And that's, again, a way he testifies to you to know this. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. There's no place for uncertainty. There's no place for waffling and being a James 1 man. There's no going back and forth doubting and never getting settled. No, he's given us to know freely. He's given us, we don't have the spirit of the world, we have the spirit of God. And that's how we know. I don't want to pretend that I can read people's hearts, but I often wonder as I can read certain faces. And let me tell you, uh, sometimes you can see a stark difference preaching the same sermon at the same place. I know you've heard these things before. It seems and appears obvious who are of God and who are not. Some smiling and nodding amen. Some clearly sleeping. Or looking away and frowning. By the way, no one's doing that today. (laughs) In case you think I might be calling you out. If you were, I might call you out. (laughs) Maybe not by name. The way you know you're saved, the way you know you're safe, is that you believe the truth of the Bible and how it says to live the eternal, abundant life given to you as he works through his means of grace in his visible church. And I can see you believe it. Can I hear an amen? So Christ is saying amen to you, truly. Assurance. Praise the Lord, you are not deceived. Praise the Lord, you have his spirit that teaches you the truth and tells you the truth. Hey, the truth often hurts, but it heals and cleanses. It's funny that my toddler just say the truth hurts. He says amen to that. He may be thinking about how that truth applies sometimes in other ways. (laughs) But it's true. The truth can hurt, right? The Proverbs talk about faithful are the wounds of a friend, but it's true. It's the liars who will flatter you to get something out of you. And leave you for dead. The Spirit brings life. The Spirit causes you to agree with his book's clear teachings. And you are not given over to the spirit of the age. And it's brainwashing deceit that is very aggressive, accusatory, and confusing. And looking to take you and God and the Bible over. Happy to let you think you're a Christian. Happy to let you think you're the church. While believing it's lies. The world, the work of Satan and anti-Christian false prophets, in fact, does seem impossible to withstand. 
But the Bible says nothing is impossible with God. And our verse to say today says you already have the victory. You are already more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You already have the Holy Spirit. You are safe. You know the truth and the truth has set you free. So you can say Psalm 118 verse 6 that we sang this morning. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Matthew Henry gives us a bit of a summary, or I share with you some of what he comments on our verse in its context. He writes this. In these verses, the apostle encourages the disciples against the fear and danger of this seducing anti-Christian spirit. We are born of God, taught of God, anointed of God, and so secured against infectious, fatal delusions. It is a great happiness to be under the influence of the Holy Ghost. You are not of the same temper with these deceivers. The Spirit of God hath framed your mind for God and heaven. The true Redeemer's kingdom is not of this world. He represents to them that through their company might be, uh, excuse me, that though their company, let me, this is his last phrase I'm giving you. He represents to them that though their company might be the smaller, yet it was the better. They had more divine and holy knowledge. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 31, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the princes of this world be cast out. That's what he began the process of. That's what he's doing as he advances his kingdom and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. When he returns, it's to consummate his kingdom that he's already inaugurated. Now he's bound the strong man. Now he's bound Satan. Now he's taking the world back from him by speaking and preaching the truth. Bringing light into this dark place where Satan has controlled with lies. Jesus continues to cast out liars, anti-Christian deceivers from his presence in his church. And give you the ability to discern what is of the spirit and what is of the world in teachings and in practice. And so you remain in him and so he sustains you as he is truth. And he speaks truth. And he sanctifies you by his truth. And his word is truth. And true prophets with the spirit of Christ will speak the truth. And it only gets better along the way. And ultimately unto judgment day. You just keep saying what John the Baptist said in the meantime. He must increase. I must decrease. 
because Christ's spirit within you is greater than the world around you. And again, that is the message for you this morning. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Beloved, Christ's spirit within you is greater than the world around you. You have overcome. Continue to conquer until he returns on his white horse, conquering and to conquer. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us pray. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you have given us the victory. We thank you that you testify to our spirits. We are the children of God. That we have the spirit in us, teaching us the truth of the word, making our spirits believe it and love it and discern error and lies as much as it is packaged in uh, religious and even Christian terminology sometimes, they are lies. Help us, O Lord, to have discernment. Help us to test the spirits, to know if they are of God, what they say about you, and how they respond to what you say about us, and how we are to live for you. Lord, we pray that you would do such a work and more, Draw others here to hear the Spirit speaking in the Word, and that it would speak to their souls, and that they would believe and be saved, that they would hear and know your voice testifying in their hearts that you are their good shepherd. Indeed, you know your sheep, and we know your voice, and we come to you by your grace, and say, Speak, Lord, for thy servants are listening. Protect us from the deceiver, Satan, who is a liar. Keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and the author and finisher of our faith. And all your people said, Amen.